Hello, and welcome back to Rightfully So, your podcast for all things first-year writing. Uh, we're back with another student-centric first-year writer episode. Uh, our last episode was targeted towards lectures, and we got to talk all about podcasts in the classroom. Uh, but this week, we're, we're getting back to our roots, and we're talking about composition in the first-year university or college classroom. Um, if you may recall, our last episode uh, about writing was... Um, Overcoming a fear of a blank page, right? How do we get past the anxiety about writing? And this week, I think we're going to continue that conversation. And we're going to talk about the first draft. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about once you get past that anxiety about writing, um, what is it that you you actually write? Like, what does that writing process look like? Um, you know, does does everyone need a first draft? Uh, is it is it important? And and how can we use it? And how can we we leverage the value of a, a first draft without feeling like we've wasted time. So <clears throat> uh, I think to start off, I, I kind of want to address the elephant in the room, which is uh, time management and that first draft. Um, one of the things that I, I tend to hear from students is um, it's, it's wasted time, right? If I'm going to write the essay, I might as well just write something to turn in. Uh, if I'm going to write a, a draft and then not turn it in, it's wasted time and I don't have time to waste. So I'd like to ask my panel, uh, Mia, Jeanette, and Carrie, um, what is your what is your take on that? What is your perspective on that? What is the the sort of value in terms of of time of that first draft? I feel like that's coming from potentially an emphasis in high school on what they call on-demand writing, where you're literally... Like, here's, here's the prompt. You need to write this now, right? Like, and write it well. And some writers really like that type of writing and are good at it and are comfortable with that. And so I wonder if some of those writers are like, hey, you know, I can do this where I, I can just sit down and crank it out. And I'm, and I feel like this is tied too to some of the writers I know who, identify as procrastinators, right? And they're like, I need that fire under my butt to like actually get me. And I I, I can understand that. <laughs> there are times where it's like, I have to have a deadline in order to produce some writing, like force myself to do it, right? Like there's, I have, I too have felt that. Um, but I think the issue is that we're not asking them to write on-demand writing, if that makes sense. Like the purpose is obviously different. So I don't know if that makes sense or, you know, what you guys think about that or how you address it, but it feels like it's more, it's, it's a question of can you effectively write one draft for these prompts that we're assigning? And I don't think you can. Yeah, um, I was thinking as you were talking about that idea of the on-demand writing or the timed writing, um, where you don't have a ton of time to kind of gather your thoughts because you're under the gun to just get it down, right? Like you get some points for having some words on the page, you get no points for having no points, no words on the page. Um, and like you just said, Jeanette, like that's not really what we're doing in GEW or 
in college level writing courses. And it makes me think about uh, how often students talk about, oh, I just had really bad writer's block. And so I couldn't get started, right? Like, I can't tell you how often I've gotten an email at 1130 when an essay is due at midnight. I had such bad writer's block. I just couldn't get past it. Can I get an extension, right? Um, and I think that for me, I remember having a, a writing instructor who talked about how writer's block comes from trying to think and write at the same time. Um, and for me, writing a first draft lets me think on the page. It's super messy. It's like all over the place. But once I get those ideas going, then it turns into something much more fluidly that I can clean up much more easily than if I'm just trying to tackle a final draft at the very last minute. Um, something I tell my students is that writing is a three-step process. Think, write, organize. Like you, it's a lather, rinse, repeat kind of thing. Like think, write, organize. You get done organizing. You probably have to go back to the thinking phase and then do some more writing and then do some more organizing. To me, that's what drafting means. Think, write, organize. Um, and for me, drafting is thinking with a pen in my hand until the ideas start flowing fast enough that I'm ready to transfer to writing on my computer. And then it starts actually looking like an essay, maybe. So for me, it isn't a waste of time. It, it is the time. Right? <laughs> like That's what I should be doing in my writing time. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, and I think I think that that kind of comes down to us making the argument that all of this is in order to improve quality. So, you know, when it comes to a student saying, you know, oh, you know, I don't have time to do that or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, it'll probably make your final draft a lot, lot better. So let's talk about why, <laughs> you know, you should take that time because um, everything takes time. No, um, but <laughs> but I do think because when you guys were even talking about kind of the, you know, like the in-class or the on-demand writing, I remember taking notes or, you know, like doing kind of a little mini outline in the corner of the page or on the back of the page before I would even start writing the essay itself. So there's some form of a drafting process that I think is necessary. Um, and, and like I said, I think it just kind of improves quality. And so I think that when students kind of make that realization, then it's like, okay, it's another thing if they don't really care about the quality, you know, and they, and they're like, I just need to get through this and I just need a C or whatever, you know, and they're just kind of trying to complete the assignment. But if you genuinely want to kind of see that improvement, I think taking that time is, is super important. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really valuable perspective to have, right? Is that it's not a waste of time. It is the time. Um, I've been trying to, to encourage my students to see the first draft as a way to, to even figure out what it is they want to write. Like having a, a topic sentence or a thesis or, or a subject selected is, is one teeny tiny part of the whole process. I said, ultimately, you probably don't know what it is that you want to say until you've said it. And I forget where I read that. I read that in graduate school in some like pedagogy on writing or something, but it's like, 
you don't know what you want to write until you have written it. Uh, and I would say case in point, I can't tell you how many papers I wrote both as a graduate student, as an undergrad, where I would get to the end of the paper, I'd go back to reread it and realize that my argument changed halfway through. That at some point in, in trying to make a case for whatever my original thesis statement was, my way of thinking about it changed. And I arrived at a completely different conclusion than where I started. And they said the goal, the, the beauty of that is though, it's still not wasted time, right? I went back and revised. Okay, I'm going to change the first half of this paper. I'm going to update my thesis statement. I can still use this now that I know what it is I actually want to say, right? Um, and so that's so valuable, right? Um, in terms of, of getting that final paper. And I think ultimately that's what drives the quality of that final paper up that gets you from a C to a, a B or an A is that you've taken the time to discover for yourself what it is you actually want to say. Because up until you actually put words on the page, it's a loose concept, right? You're, you're still conceptualizing. It's an abstraction. It isn't until you start putting words together that you, you solidify your thinking on a subject. Uh, once it's solidified and you can see it on the page, then you can respond to it. Um, which I think kind of brings us somewhat neatly to the next point, which is what does a first draft look like? Should it, should it be a full essay? Should it can it, can it really just be an outline? Um, I'm not always a proponent of an outline first draft, but you know, different strokes for different folks. So, so what do you think? What, what should that first draft look like? Well, kind of like you, Bill, I'm the type that likes to start from the very beginning. Like, <laughs> even though I tell students, you don't have to, I very much kind of like, you know, starting from that. So my first draft often does look a lot like a final draft essay where it's got an introduction, body paragraphs and conclusion. Although that being said, by the end, I've realized my introduction is meaningless. <laughs> and I actually, in the middle, it, uh, this always happens, but in the middle of a body paragraph, I come up with my thesis statement and I say it so beautifully and I'm like, Whoa. and so then I have to copy and paste it. And then I have to restructure the introduction and then I have to redo the conclusion, you know, so it, it, my, my first draft very much looks like a draft, um, uh, you know, kind of almost just visually, but, but content wise, it's not even close. So, so I think that, like you said, I mean, I'm a big fan of outlines too. Um, so there is that kind of a draft too. So I think it kind of varies depending on, on number one, the assignment. Cause I feel like some assignments, I know exactly what I want to say. So I just start other assignments I'm really struggling with. And sometimes the outline is kind of the first draft. So I think for me, it depends on the prompt. It depends on the class. It depends on the assignment. Um, that determines what my first draft really looks like. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I think that a lot of times my process is determined by the task. Um, whether it's an assignment or a difference in audience or a difference in purpose, very often that determines what it actually looks like. Um, for me, it, very often I do start with just kind of some jumbled handwritten notes. Um, but absolutely, the more I work with the material, the the more I find what my argument is. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know, that that very old movie. I remember watching it in high school, uh, The Agony and the Ecstasy about uh, Michelangelo finding the the 
you know, sculpture hidden inside the clay. Like that, if I'm not working with the material, I'm never going to find the argument. I have to start working with it first. And then it kind of shows itself to me. I definitely start with the ideas. That's the beginning of the material is my own ideas. And then I think kind of steeping myself in what are other people's ideas about the same material helps me to start making some connections and start going, oh, I thought I meant this, but actually I think I meant this. And it's a matter of working through it. So to start off with, it's just a big messy wet lump of clay it and on on the paper it literally looks like me writing sometimes sentences sometimes phrases sometimes just a single word and then circling it 12 times sometimes it's like arrows sometimes I will literally get out scissors and cut and paste things together that I've written or get out the highlighters or whatever um so what a draft looks like to me is probably Carrie's worst nightmare because <laughs> it's so messy. It's so crazy. And I know that a lot of times when I'm working with students and they express that idea of like writer's block to me, I say, well, stop trying to write your intro, dive into what you do know. Right. And I talked about this in our podcast a month ago, start with what you do know. If you don't know what to write for the intro, then start with a body paragraph or start with a single sentence um, and then let it grow from there. And for a lot of students, they're like, wow, that's, that's really cool. I never thought of just skipping my intro before. And then there are other students that that idea freaks them out. Like they have to start with the intro. And I'm like, if you have to start with the intro, cool. Like that's your thing. Start with the intro. Just be open to knowing that that that's your, you know, to use Anne Lamott's term, that's your shitty first draft intro, right? Like you're going to go back and clean it up. That's not the be all end all. So. Oh. That makes me think a question to propose to all of you. Would you consider class notes a first draft? Like the notes that people take, you know, that students would take while we're talking or during a class discussion, would that be considered a first draft perhaps? I think that is, could potentially be the beginning of our first draft. I also think talking, I mean, no big shock here. I love talking. I think talking is an excellent first draft sitting down and having a conversation with somebody and taking notes while you're doing it or like hitting record on your phone while you're having that conversation to me that can be a really fruitful first draft it reminds me of when uh you and i worked on that that paper for for pca aca right so we we would get together you know like every couple of weeks and and spend an hour just bulleting and outlining and brainstorming. And, you know, we had those giant 3M, you know, sheets stuck to the wall in my dining room and we're just, you know, codification, disability, just random words and there's arrows pointing. And then we have smaller post-it notes and our giant post-it note. And, and then it was like, oh, we actually have to submit something for the conference next week. Maybe we should actually write something like we, like the actual writing part of that whole process was so delayed. But I have to admit that that by the time we got there, it happened so fast. Like it came together so quickly. 
And that um, because we'd collaborated so closely for so long that integrating, you know, we each kind of took a half. Um, we just sort of like took a, a position, you know, I think I argued the definition of disability. And I think uh, Mia, you argued like codification and socialization and, and whatnot. Um, but we, we were able to meld those things together pretty effectively, right? Um, and, and that's something else I try to sort of emphasize to my students is that that although you can't turn it in for a grade, these pre-writing exercises, things like writing a shitty first draft are invaluable because they make the last 20% of any writing process, which is those final words on a page, come so much easier, right? Um, because you're not trying to do 10 things at once. You're not worried about grammar. You're not worried about spelling. You're not worried about the prompt. You're not worried about what do I even want to say? Like all of that has been sort of dealt with in some regard. Um, and now you're just like, oh, well, now I'm just articulating something I already know. Um, and I love the reference to Anne Lamont, um, her, her essay, Shitty First Drafts. Um, I, I bring it out every once in a while and reread it to refresh my memory about, you know, the, the importance and the function and the value of, of that first draft. And um, it's, it's funny because to me, it, it pairs really well with the piece that we talked about, um, the, the romantic idea of the divine writer. So we talked about it on our last podcast, right? When in getting over the anxiety of writing, we said there's this romantic notion that writing comes easily and it comes effectively. And Lamont sort of reinforces the idea that that's bullshit. She's like, you know, we expect that we can just sit down and write this beautiful prose first pass and it's and it's it's perfect as is we can stamp it and ship it and she goes no 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 absolutely not um we need that first draft right it, it needs to exist and its only purpose is to exist so to use mia's metaphor so we have that raw clay that we can work with right um it's much easier to work with something than it is with nothing um so uh speaking of which you know talking about how it could possibly be notes or how it could possibly be an outline um is there a recommendation for like how long it should be? Or is there some sort of like, I don't know, rule of thumb or formula or something? Um, or is this a case of, you know, whatever fits for you as the individual is the way to go? I think, and I would assume that we all agree on this is that there isn't a magical anything, right? <laughs> so if it's notes, it's obviously going to be different than a fully formed, you know, there's an intro, there's body paragraphs. Um, and one thought I kept having as all of you were talking um, was this idea of sometimes when I'm stuck, I dive into the text, whatever that is, um, or the, the multiple texts that I need to work with. Um, and it ends up being kind of a mixture of notes and draft. Um, and so I feel like that maybe longer or more words than an outline, but it's not necessarily wrong or bad. Um, and so it really just depends. Uh, and um, in answer to Carrie's earlier question, can class notes be a first draft? I sort of wanted to say no, <laughs> because I, that was just my instinct of like, no, that's just something you do. <laughs> you should just do it anyways. Um, but I, I, I think, but I, I, when Mia started saying, well, but it's the start of a draft, I was like, okay, so that's my, th that's my opinion on that. So I don't think that it has to be 
it, it can't be measured in quantity. I think it's, it's quality maybe, or depth of thought. And I think that was something that came up when we were kind of pre-talking about this in our notes, but um, we want these deeper, we want that deeper thinking, right? Like, so if that's the goal, it's however you get there. I was just going to say that I think um, when I, when I answered so wholeheartedly that yes, class notes can be part of a draft or the beginning of a draft. I was thinking of times that I already had the prompt and then I was sitting in class and I was hearing things that I was like, oh, this could be part of this essay. And I would write it down with a star in the margin so that I would remember, oh, this goes in my essay. Um, and so I think for me, class notes could be part of a draft if I am making those text-to-text -text connections that will ultimately be the bulk of my essay for whatever that's worth. Yeah, uh, making note of those intertextual connections is is super helpful. Um, and I think that's a, a subject that we'll probably tackle in a, in a future podcast episode, which is the idea of intertextuality. In other words, you know, as a student, can we allow, should we allow, how do we incorporate our experiences from other classes and from other spaces in writing for a particular class, right? Because that's one thing I often see as a limitation from an instructor's perspective is is students only wanting to work within the the context of the class, right? Of the writing class, uh, and and sort of then really struggling because honestly, the writing class is about process, it's about methodology, it's about rhetoric and these sort of like other abstract ideas, but it's not necessarily about a topic. Um, and so I think students are are trying to create something from nothing. So to go back to the whole notes and class thing, I feel like if as Mia pointed out, if you already have a prompt and discussions are informing that prompt, great. But um, depending on the, the context, those notes may not be very helpful, right? So in other words, uh, notes from a GEW, a general education writing course, may be helpful for figuring out your introduction and organizing your body paragraphs. Probably not particularly helpful with regards to like writing about your subject um, or even discovering what you're sort of passionate about with regards to writing. So that's something to consider, right? Is that that first draft is, is that raw material, right? Where you kind of just, as Anne Lamott kind of put it, have, it's, it's a toddler, it's childish writing. It's, it's everything, whether these ideas are related or not, it's just, it's all on the page and it's frolicking about, and it's maybe getting into a little bit of trouble and, and God's it's hand the cookie jar and all these other metaphors that she used with regards to sort of a wild untamed child. Um, but then you have something to sort of narrow down from, right? Uh, and it's, you know, we sort of were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but but sometimes students are so focused on the time aspect, right? How can I get this done in the shortest amount of time with the least amount of effort that I think ultimately they end up making things more difficult for themselves, right? Because they don't want to invest in these pre-writing exercises. They don't want to invest in that first draft. They want to write that perfect product, right? That one and done draft turn it in and then hope for the best, right? You know, ideally hoping for an A, but maybe deep down realizing that that's probably not going to be the case. Um, so, you know, invest in the process, allow yourself the time. Uh, speaking of time, we're a little over 20 minutes. So I feel like we're, we're at a good point where we can maybe wrap up today's episode. 
uh, I realize that from a student perspective, we may not have actually solved any particular problems for you uh, other than to talk about the fact that, hey, writing is a time consuming process. And boy, didn't we already know that. Um, but hopefully we, we've helped you um, sort of retrain your thinking about how you approach writing. And I think ultimately that's that's the goal here is, is to change your mindset from a, a on-demand product-based writing mentality to one of a more of a, a growth mindset to see each writing exercise as an opportunity to learn and grow for the next one. Um, you know, getting out of that writing as a product mentality, I think is ultimately beneficial. I know that when I personally made that change in graduate school, um, the quality of my writing improved probably tenfold because um, I was willing to invest the time. I saw that time as, as valuable, even if what I was doing wasn't necessarily being graded. So uh, at this time, um, I'd like to open it up to, to my co-host here. Uh, any any go backs or, or one more things before we wrap up today's episode? Um, just something that occurred to me while, while we were talking about all this is that even Harry Potter started on a napkin. So there's the first draft <laughs> for everything, <laughs> you know, don't expect that that first time that you jot it down is going to be the, the, the finalized version. Cause it probably won't be, and that's okay. <laughs> My best ideas have been on a receipt <laughs> and it just is a small thing that I'm thinking as I'm driving and then later on I flush it out. So agreed. Yeah, absolutely. You never know when inspiration is going to strike. Um, I personally don't believe in writer's block. I know that that may be an unpopular opinion, but I think that when you think you have things to say, and when you don't think you don't have things to say, if you have things to say, then you have things to write. Um, and for me, that's what drafting is about, is taking that time to think and then write them down. Great. Uh, that's all really good, good feedback. Um, and, and I want to acknowledge too that uh, as an instructor, as we'd like to remind our students that you have a voice and it's, it's valid and your opinions are meaningful. So don't think you need to have the right idea. You need to have an idea. Um, so I think that'll do it for, for this week's episode of Rightfully So. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope, hopefully, that you, you have found it helpful. Uh, check back with us in a couple of weeks. We'll have our next episode. Until then, 